Welcome to the Scatterbook Podcast. I'm Casey Sigler, and I'm so glad that you've come here today. We are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics today, and that is books. I can't get enough of them. I love to talk about them. I love to read them. I stack my shelves way too high with them. I'm running out of room, and so I'm glad to be talking about them today, and I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I think I'm going to enjoy posting it. So, good books. I have been I've been a reader my whole life. My mother is an avid reader, and so I have often loved picking up a good book. But there have been seasons in my life where I've not done it as much as others. And I found a couple of years ago that I was teaching a literature class uh, for some high school homeschool students. And I was constantly teaching good literature, but I wasn't reading anything. I wasn't reading anything for pleasure at all in my life, only what I was teaching. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I love to read. Why am I stunting my growth in this area by only reading the things that I'm teaching on? So, And I knew it would be better for me to be more well-rounded anyway. So I, um, I decided to really push forth an effort to read a bunch. And so the first year, I decided to read only fiction for a year. And I don't know how many books I read. It wasn't crazy. I know people that read, you know, 75, 100 books a year, nothing like that, maybe 25. But uh, I read I read several 20-something pieces of fiction. And uh, all across the board, I read some Dickens that I'd always wanted to read. I tried to get into some more modern literature because that was an area I was really lacking in. But it was only fiction for a whole year. And I so enjoyed the process. And I, I kept track on social media of what I was reading. And I took recommendations, which was really fun for me all year long. And I kept a list and I counted them. And I really enjoyed that year a lot. And so last year, I decided to open up uh, my my horizons a little bit and to read fiction and nonfiction alike. And I enjoyed that too. I got to go back and look at a list that I had made the previous year of nonfiction that I wanted to read. My children are in the yard playing and I'm so sorry. They're going to be screaming. Um, as long as they're not crying, I'm going to, I'm going to continue on. So, um, last year I read fiction and nonfiction alike, and it was, it was great fun. And I read more books, actually, which I was a little surprised at. And I also got better at reading multiple books at one time, which is something that's always kind of bothered me because I am a goal-oriented person, so I like to start and finish something. And so it, it kind of threw me off to start something and start something else and start a third book um, and read them all together. But um, I think I found a trick for doing that, so I'll talk about that in a little bit. So... If you are an avid reader, I man, I wish you were here because I would love to ask you all kinds of questions about how you read books. I think that everyone has a, a habit or um, a strategy for reading, whether they are aware of it or not. For instance, some people read multiple books at a time. Some people can't handle that. Some people only read on e-readers and those have changed their lives and they swear that they read more than they ever did before. Others of us are purists and we have tried the ebooks and we really just love to hold a book in our hands. And that is the only way that I can get through a book is by holding it in my hands. And I, I have an idea about why that is. Um, 
But I think everybody has different ways that they approach reading for pleasure. So I'm just going to share some of my, my thoughts on the subject today. So a reading plan. Do you have a reading plan? Do you keep a working list of titles that you want to read over the next year? I do. I'm constantly writing them down. I have a notepad in my purse so that if I'm out to, to the gym or out to lunch with somebody or at my parents' house or whatever, I can jot down a book that comes up in conversation that I know that I have to read. And um, so I do have a loose reading plan. Do I try to read a certain amount of books in a certain amount of time? No. That is for the birds. As much as a goal-oriented person I am, who needs that extra stress on my life? Nobody's giving me money to do this. I want to enjoy reading until the day I die. So absolutely not. Now, I read Bleak House last fall. Loved it. Changed my life. It was a whole bunch of pages. I mean, I think it was around 900 pages. I did try to set some loose goals. Like if I read X amount of pages every week, I will finish this before 2020. That was kind of on my radar. And at the end, of course, I got swept up in the story and finished the last 250 pages off really quickly because, of course, I couldn't put it down. But I do find that even though I don't set like big picture goals about how many books I want to read this month or this week for some of you fast readers or what have you, I do, if I am embarking on what I believe is going to be a long journey of reading a book, I will try to set just some mental goals about how many pages I should read a day or a week in order to actually finish that behemoth because, I mean, you might love a book and you might feel like you want to live in it forever, but you really want to read a book, enjoy it, and get on to the next book, right? If you really love reading. So, I do find that I set small goals like that that don't overwhelm me. And of course, I'm full of grace with myself if I can't, if I can't quite meet those expectations that I have. Okay, next thing, counting books. Do you count your books? I started counting my books a couple of years ago because it was a resolution, if you will, to start reading more. And so to kind of put... A physical marker on that goal, I, I did start counting my books. I don't think I had a goal number, though. I didn't know how fast, honestly, I didn't know how fast I could read. Um, I've always been a slow reader, but I had never, I had never um, pushed myself to read a great deal of fiction, for instance, in a year. And that's what I was doing. So I didn't know how fast I was going to get through the novels. I do believe that the more you read, the faster you read, and I could be totally wrong about that, but that tends to be my personal experience. It's kind of like, and I, I, I think I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but I, I've told my students, when you start reading ancient literature, you're not just going to pick up the Odyssey or Antigone. And you've been reading, you know, graphic novels and magazines and, you know, modern fiction you're not just going to pick up that ancient piece of work and fall right into the language. It's going to take you some time. It's, it could take you most of the book. It could take you until the next piece of ancient literature that you pick up to really wrap your brain around the language to where it's 
kind of like riding a bike. And when you pick it up, you fall right into it. You fall right into the language. You fall into the cadence of it if it's a poem. Those things take time. And so I believe there's something to that, even if you're reading modern literature. But if you're picking up Dickens, for sure, it's going to take you a little bit of time to get back into that language. And so I have found um, that I, I can't set, you know, goals for myself. Or I don't want to. There's no point in it. But it is kind of nice at the end of a year to look back and to see that you have read 25, 30 books. That's kind of neat. So I enjoy that. Also because I'm a list maker and I'm kind of goal oriented, um, I like to look back and see how many books I've read. I have, I have read, though, um, I read a beautiful book. I, I believe it was called The Art of Reading last winter. It was, it's a very short volume. It's written by a literature professor, and um, he talks about the process of reading, and it's a lot of his own um, thoughts and opinions on the topic, for sure. But he talks about how we shouldn't count the books that we're reading because that's not why we're reading. We're reading to pick up a book and enjoy and appreciate the written word. So he is very anti-counting, very anti-goal-keeping, and he's kind of anti-reading plan because he says that what will end up happening is that you will pick up a book and you will tell yourself, okay, I've got to get through Moby Dick. I've got to get through Moby Dick this summer. I've always wanted to read it. I want to have discussions about it. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to read the whole stinking thing over summer vacation or over over the next three months or whatever, whatever your time may be. And because you have set a goal for yourself to read that and it was on your reading plan, he said it's going to become like white rice with no salt and no butter like I make it around here. Just white rice. It's going to be real bland. But he said that while you're trying to truck through that white rice... Reese Witherspoon is going to tell you that her life was changed by this up-and-coming author and this paperback novel that's soon to be made into a Reese Witherspoon movie is what you should be reading. And that is going to be dark, salted chocolate. And I just love, he, he didn't use all those words, but that's kind of, he, he compared it to chocolate when you're eating something really bland and, and you know, nutritious, quote, nutritious, unquote, I know white rice is not nutritious, but he said that you are going to find another book. It's going to come up on your radar, and then you're going to feel like you're punishing yourself trying to get through Moby Dick when you just want to see what Reese is talking about. And so I think that's really interesting. And he would recommend ditching Moby Dick if you're really in that place and picking up whatever Reese says you should read. And go back to Moby Dick at another time, maybe, or just consider yourself, you know, that you you tried, you picked it up, you liked it, but who cares? Is this really going to be on your epitaph? No, it's not. If you're really hating a book, or you're just reading it because it's on your reading plan, on your resolution sheet that you set at the end, at the beginning of the year, then ditch it. There's no point in getting through it. Okay, next on my list is reading a single genre for a year. How do you feel about that? I wish you were here and you could tell me. So I didn't read a single genre for a year, but I did read all fiction one year. And it was good for me because I really love nonfiction. It's really easy for me to pick up nonfiction. 
I think it's a personality thing. I love to learn. And so I love to pick up books and highlight and underline the stink out of them. And I'm a messy underliner and a messy highlighter. I have a friend and she knows who she is. When she reads a book, she has a pen and a ruler in her hand. And she very meticulously and perfectly and beautifully underlines the sentences. I am not that woman. I am so messy, messy, scribble scrabbling in the margins. I don't care if it's something awesome. I just want it to change my life. And that's the kind of reader I am. I love nonfiction. I I feel like it's easy to better yourself, learn something new, learn something about somebody else, um, have spiritual epiphanies. So I love nonfiction and I tend to kind of go there, even though I love literature and I can tell you all of the reasons that literature will grow your soul and make you a better person. So I decided for a whole year to only read fiction and it did, in fact, grow me and better my soul. So I am all for picking a genre for a whole year or for six months or for whatever And maybe it's something that you haven't really been drawn to before, but you just want to expand your horizons. Try science fiction for six months. Try um, romantic fiction for six months. Try historical fiction. Try only bestsellers and see what all the buzz is about and find where you agree and disagree. So I think that's a fun thing to do. If if you kind of read, um, you pigeonhole yourself in in the genres that you read. Seasonal reading. Okay. Seasonal reading. I'm all about seasons. I love to celebrate different seasons. I love to um, appreciate the weather and the church calendar and build a menu based on how, you know, if it's spring, summer, fall, or winter. I love seasonal everything. (laughs) And I think that there is a season for everything. So I'm all about seasonal reading, which means in the winter, I'm going to read what I consider cozy. (laughs) I don't know what that means for you, but for me, um, it probably means something classic, probably. For instance, I I read Bleak House right before, during the holiday season, and that was perfect for me. And then I moved right into Kristen Lavenstadter, which is this wonderful trilogy by this Norwegian author from the 1920s, female author, And she writes about 14th century Sweden, and it's cold, and it's medieval, and I just hear Aurora in the background, or Sigur Rós, as I'm reading it, because it's Northern European, and I, it just feels wintry. So I'm all about the seasonal reading. And when Lenten, the Lent season approaches, um, I have some wonderful Lenten essays that I love to read, Every year, of course, those are nonfiction, um, but I, I will read those in conjunction with whatever fiction I'm reading. And you know, summer feels like less heavy stuff. Maybe that's when I'm going to pick up a bestseller, something off of um, the new publications at the library. I don't know. In my brain, all that makes sense, and it may not make any sense to you. But I like the idea of seasonal reading and and kind of categorizing what you read over the course of the year based on the seasons themselves. And it it could also help you if there's something you want to read and you don't see the time for it now, or maybe you have the space for it in your your present moment and saving something for a, a season down the road. 
Um, in that wonderful book that I read last year, um, the literature professor said that he believes that you should not always be reading classic literature. He said that classics are for the high holidays of the soul. I love that quote. I think it's so meaningful to my life. I am always reading a classic because I'm always teaching a classic, but um, I just love the idea of, you know, there are there are these books, if you love to read, there are going to be authors that you've always meant to read and you just haven't yet because you're human and you haven't read all the books, right? So um, you, in your brain, you have like a, a bucket list. Uh, you know, I want to read Les Mis before I die. That's just, that's on my bucket list. And I, I don't know where that's going to be, but I'm going to do it. And that is for a high holiday of the soul. That is for a time when I feel like I have the focus, I have the energy, and I have the space in my life to embark on a long journey that's going to take me some, um, not that I'm not going to get swept up in the story, I am, but it's, it's going to take a little bit more work than other pieces of literature. And so he, but I love the way he put that. It's not, you, you can't always be living in that moment. And in order to keep your interest and your passion for reading up, you have to read just what sounds interesting to you sometimes. Just just whatever. A book that someone said, I think that this will help you uh, discipline your children better. Or I think that this will help you decorate your living room. Or I think that you will love this quirky story. You know, it's you just have to be reading all the time whatever interests you while you're keeping that running list in your brain of the classics you want to pick up. And don't overpressure yourself to always be reading classics by any means. If you're a goal-oriented person, tell yourself, I'm going to read two classics this year. Just two. Make them good. But don't always expect for your heart and your soul and your mind to be able to handle the heftiness and the... the um, intellectual value and emotional value of a really fine piece of literature because those things are beautiful and they deserve a lot of time and space and they deserve to be unpacked and we're just not there all the time and that's okay that's perfectly okay um i find that it's really important to read both for enjoyment and your education and this is just me you may totally disagree with me here but i think in my everyday life i am going to want to read a book of fiction for a book of nonfiction because I, like I said, I really, I really like learning. And right now, school is not; it can't be part of my life. Uh, post postgraduate studies, it cannot. That's just not. It's not anywhere close. So, um, reading that nonfiction is really helpful to me in in educating myself. I'm also a homeschool mom. I should always be reading nonfiction to better myself. Um, and to better my kids' education. I'm reading this book right now called A Mind for Numbers. And um, it's by a PhD in math. And she is explaining logic and math and science. And it that is all seems very foreign to me. But I'm really enjoying how she's writing it. And I just picked it up because someone I like on another podcast mentioned it. And... So, and I think I'm hoping it'll help me teach my girls math a little bit better. So I'm reading that and I'm reading this great <laughs> Norwegian fiction and it's all balancing itself out. I love it. Reading for enjoyment and education. Um, how to find new reads. 
you have tips. If you love to read, you're probably on Goodreads. I'm not. I don't know why. I need to be. Um, but how how do you find new reads? If you've gotten stuck in the same genre, in the same, you know, you're just reading, you know, you're just reading old stuff or you're just reading new stuff, you need to reevaluate how you're finding out about books. And don't just go to the bookstore. I think that that's a big mistake. Um, get on um, whoever you're following on Instagram, whoever you love on social media, if they are reading, they probably have put out a list you know, of things that they have loved over the past year. Google, if you, I, I love this idea. If you have an author that you really love um, and they're still living, or even if they're not, try to Google a book list that they put out or they published at one point. My husband is a Neil Gaiman fan, and um, over Christmas he um, he wanted some new stuff to read, and so I looked up what his Neil Gaiman's recommendations were, and he had there were several websites that had articles, and so I just kind of looked and saw. He gave different answers times, but there were a couple of titles that he repeated. And those are the ones that I bought for my husband. And that's a good place to start. Once you find an author that you like, see what they like. See what inspires them. Um, but just think outside the box. You can even look up you know, high school or college American literature classes, what their syllabuses look like. You can look up what's on their reading list. If, if you want to read a classic that you haven't read before and you're just kind of running dry or you want to know... Um, you want to expand your education a little bit on yourself, for yourself, that is a great way to do it as well. Um, and just ask people. People love to talk about what they're reading. If they're avid readers, they love to talk about reading. So just ask everybody. And everybody likes to feel like an expert. So when you go around your friends and you're saying, what are you reading? Tell me what you're reading. What do you recommend I read? Then they're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to learn some stuff. So do that. And then I think I've already mentioned this. This is my final, my final point. But when to ditch a book? And the answer is anytime. <laughs> Never feel guilty about ditching a book. This is so hard for people like me, especially when you get invested and you are 100 pages in. Heck, if you're 50 pages down the road, it is hard to ditch a book. And it's really hard when it's a classic. And it's really hard when it's something that everybody's reading and you just don't agree with popular opinion. That happened to me recently. I will not name names. I will not give you a title. If you're my friend, you can ask me. But there was a book that everyone just lost their minds about last year. And I picked it up. And I was excited to be in on the hubbub. And I, I did not like it. I didn't like it. I still don't like it. And um, I don't know. I, I, could, I could tell you why, but it doesn't really matter. I kept on reading it because I thought it was going to get better and it never did. And that's okay. I mean, sometimes you're just going to read a book that you didn't love. I find, you know, that happens. That happens a lot. And I think I have grace for authors because I'm not an author. So it is your story to tell and far be it from me to tell you how you could have done it any better. So I don't tend to critique books Um in a really harsh way, unless they're just ridiculous, which certainly sometimes that they are. But I'll just kind of read it for what it is. You know, this was popular fiction, whatever. This person is not trying to be Tolstoy, so whatever. But um, I don't, I don't let it keep me up at night. But there are times when you just need to say, "This is not worth my time," and you just ditch that book. There is no magic page number. 
that you have had to read under in order to throw it in the trash or give it to a friend or donate it or just put it back into the library shelves. It's okay. So um, ditch it. Find something that you love. Whatever you do, don't let your ardor for reading diminish because you are reading bad books that you wouldn't put down. And that is the most important lesson here. If you are in college and you're, or you are in high school and you are reading books that you don't love, always be reading something that you do. Even if you're moving really, really slowly, you're limping towards the finish, don't ever only read for education or work purposes because then your affection for reading is going to diminish and that's a sad day. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Scatterbook Podcast. I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.